0: What's up, Dawkins? It's me, Bob Shem, your favorite documenteer. Actually, I know that's not true. I know it's Angela, but I like to think I'm in the top four, maybe. Today, Stuart joins me and we are talking about some deep political shit. The kind of movie where after you hear certain cable news networks might call us uh, a part of the deep state, you know, the deep state, the the state that can do everything but win an election. Or maybe uh, if you're on certain websites, they might be like these fucking cucks putting down Roger Stone. And while, yeah, we do kind of put them down a little bit, we also kind of take them a little seriously. But yeah, we're talking about the Netflix original film, Get Me Roger Stone, which has been out about a year, I think. And watching it now as a goes through the things that maybe we think we don't want to revisit, but I think now is the time because this is an incredibly enlightening movie in so many ways, and it's relevant to the news headlines that are happening right now. So if you have Netflix, I just assume everyone does, and you haven't seen it, you should check out Get Me Roger Stone, directed by three people whose names I don't have on hand right now. Without further ado, let's get into this movie, Get Me Roger Stone. Keep on going. Now, here is a motion picture film, a thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel.
1: We must break free from the petty politics of the past. America is a nation of believers.
0: Be easy to for this movie that we're about to do to go pretty long because the movie we're talking about is probably the most relevant movie we've done so far for the documenteers.
1: I'd say it is. We're touching on actual events that are affecting us all right now.
0: We're watching interviews of people who are making the news as we speak right now. Investigations and Russian collusion and like housing scandals and shit like this. We've had our president, President Trump, El Trumpo. He's been a president for about a year and a half now, going on it since that election. It's been about a year and a half.
1: The thing that strikes me when I'm watching it, This What is the film we're talking about?
0: We're talking about the film Get Me Roger Stone, which is... I don't
1: think we said that yet.
0: No, we haven't. Get Me Roger Stone is a Netflix original film that came out. It came out either early last year or late 2016. Cannot remember. But there's three directors attached to this movie. It's Dylan Bank, Daniel DeMauer, and Morgan pee Roger Stone, he held an advisory role for President Trump. And this guy has been around for quite some time. And has been causing some political trouble since he had a teen in his numbered age. The
1: thing that struck me, though, you see Paul Manafort candidly discussing things. You see Donald Trump candidly discussing Roger Stone. You see Roger Stone talking about Roger Stone, which you feel like he really doesn't have a problem going into any, any details about anything. It was particularly interesting to me to just see a cogent Donald Trump very succinctly communicating like he never does, like we've never seen him. That's true. It was bizarre.
0: We're talking about a dirtbag. It's a dirtbag talking about a dirtbag. So it really comes from the art for him at that moment. It's quite incredible. This it's, it's like
1: this Roger Stone that we're introduced to in this film. He's everywhere. He's with Barry Goldwater During the Goldwater campaign, which was a failed campaign, I think, against uh, Kennedy maybe or Johnson around that era. It's like 64.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. But But
1: he was kind of like Goldwater was kind of like shining light of like what they what we know as Republicans now, really.
0: Well, Goldwater is like a classic conservative, maybe a little closer to that libertarian ideology. I would say not so much on the evangelical side of neo neoconservatism has that tie into religion and Goldwater kind of was a bit more of a classic like a like a William F. Buckley types and all that shit. Right. He was a senator of Arizona. Goldwater. Yeah. yeah.
1: He was trounced basically. Yeah. And lost his bid for the for the presidency. And it kind of in the course of events, it ripped apart, I think, the primary for them.
0: He also uh, worked for Nixon. He was involved in Watergate. He was fucking 19. Let's look into his past here a little bit. We see at the beginning of this movie, there's a song called We Don't Apologize for Freedom.
1: Deal from strength or get crushed every time. I'll
0: probably do that on. Oh, Dr. that's a great song. If Dr. Eugene Fudge can't find that for his 8-tracks playlist over at atrax.com. <laughs> And we see Trump saying, we must break free of the petty politics of the past. Cut to a year and a half later. And we've done that. (laughs) Roger Stone is looking on. I believe this is at the Republican National Convention in 2016. When Trump gets that big pop from the crowd, he does the Nixon peace sign. Roger Stone does. He sticks his fingers out, looking awkward. And he Mm -hmm. describes himself as an agent provocateur. This movie is not going to reaffirm your faith in humanity.
1: Well, not one side One side of humanity. This movie <laughs>
0: could be called Karma's Not Really a Thing.
1: Or uh, Watch how the Republicans Do It and Do It Well.
0: Roger Stone has rules, right? Rule number one. Stone's rules, as they're called. Let me lay this shit down for you. Better to be infamous than not famous at all. ching 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 Stone is described as a good guy by Trump, by those standards. Other people describe him as Machiavellian crazy somehow there at very important moments in modern politics stone is credited for creating the political aspect that is donald trump
1: yeah you get the idea that trump is roger stone's ultimate creation
0: and i'm sure trump would love that that roger stone would get the credit for political trump more than trump would if if trump I had
1: watched this documentary, which you assume he hasn't. He'd be pissed,
0: I think. Yeah. Upset that Roger's like at the center of it, even though his name is in the title. (laughs) We see an old video. It's not an old video. I realized it's the intro from The Apprentice. I've never fucking watched it, never will. Trump talks about how he was billions in debt at one point. He came back to be one of the biggest real estate guys on the planet. And that's interesting because, yes- He was billions in debt, and the state of New York bailed him out, pretty much. He also uh, bankrupted a casino. Just want to point out that our fellow Americans voted in a guy that bankrupted a place where people hand over their checks. (laughs) Stone points out that non-sophisticates don't differentiate between politics and entertainment. You know, we may not like uh, Roger Stone very much, but he's not wrong with some of this shit that he says. Yeah. (laughs) He's too right. We see uh Stone, he's dressed sort of like a Colonel Sanders, like a futuristic Colonel Sanders with a weird white outfit.
1: He look no, he looks like a pimp. He dresses like a pimp.
0: And he's making a speech about how it's the elites versus the rest. Because if there's one thing we know about Roger Stone, he's not elite, is he, Stewart? No. No, actually, he is elite. He is elite. <laughs> He's very elite. There's a mock election in grade school when Roger Stone was a kid, and he thought Kennedy would win in the Kennedy-Nixon bout because Kennedy had better hair. So he went around and he told the other kids in this mock election that Nixon wanted to hold school on Saturday night. Right. <laughs> so Nixon loses handily, and everyone's surprised, I guess, at this mock election. At least this is what Roger Stone says, that everyone was surprised at the mock election. <laughs> Stone points out that that's when he learned the power of misinformation and that he said he never would use it ever again. Right. He says he's 12 years old at the 68 RNC, where he becomes a, a zealot. Uh, he reads a book, I think it's called The Conscience of a Conservative or Which some is shit. Barry Goldwater book. He uh, goes up to a GOP incumbent. He's working for Nixon and he pretends to be a young socialist and he donates to the GOP incumbent. And he asked for a receipt and he gets one. He was the youngest person in the Watergate grand jury involved. He was a recipient of finances and worked for this campaign and was loosely involved in the corruption. He was only 19 years old. His parents were mortified, but he loved it. He got all this attention at such a young age. We see decorations in his office i guess and there's one that said like a chinese richard nixon that said tricky dicky like this racist caricature where they changed nixon's eyes to look chinese
1: (laughs) yeah he's got the nixon Bong collection
0: roger stone and richard nixon became friends uh, even after nixon fell and stone has a tattoo of richard nixon in the middle of his back up top there's several shots of him showing it off he's It's pointed out that he has a weird body, and he does. (laughs) Stone said he didn't get the Nixon tattoo because he's a big Nixon fan. He said he got the tattoo because Nixon represents somebody who was at the low and picked himself back up again. And I guess by picking yourself back up again, uh, resigning in disgrace and having Gerald Ford pardon you, because Nixon is, even though an obvious crook, is a political elite who can get his buddies. Well,
1: you know, in Futurama, he's like the president again.
0: Yo, oh, that's yeah. right. So maybe he's talking about that. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about when he picks himself up as only a head.
1: Yeah, and becomes president of the universe.
0: The young Republicans elect Stone as chairman despite his Watergate involvement. No one seems to care. Nixon was always viewed as a strong guy, not unlike our current president. A strong guy who cries on Twitter Seems like people's definition of strong guy is very strange. <laughs> Seems like these self-appointed strong guys seem to bitch and whine all the time. Seems like they like to call people snowflakes in the middle of a tirade of complaints. So whatever, bros. Well, that's that's part of it, right? Yeah, I guess so. How does this apply to Stone's rules? Well, we're gonna get more to Stone's rules. I might have missed a few <laughs> as we were going through it. Nineteen seventy-eight. Political action committees. Those are PACs are on the rise. There's negative campaign ads in massive quantities. This is the Reagan race. 80. 80. And Roger, he manages to cajole the blue-collar Democrat, and Reagan wins. And Reagan in 80 wins handily. Right.
1: was all thanks to Roger Stone, apparently.
0: And Reagan only lost, I believe, one state that year. And in his victory speech, he makes a statement that they're going to make America great again. (sighs)
1: Stuart,
0: he's Mm -hmm. wearing a red hat. Oh, yes. Uh, Roger Stone embraces his dirty trickster reputation. Roy Cohn, who's apparently one of the greatest political pieces of monster shit in the history of politics, he was a chief counsel to Joe McCarthy, that guy who ruined people's lives based on a laundry list. Stone meets Cohn at a dinner, and Cohn thinks Stone is the son or grandson of the guy who's running the Reagan campaign because he's heard that A guy named Roger Stone is running this campaign. It couldn't be this little whippersnapper.
1: Now, Roy Cohn has a strong connection to Donald Trump, was his personal lawyer for years. They worked together beyond that.
0: Roy Cohn calls Trump a genius in 1984. As you said, Cohn was his lawyer at that time. And Roy Cohn introduced Roger Stone to Donald Trump. Somebody in this movie calls Cohn the most evil man I've ever known. That's where we get another rule. Bruh, you ready? I might have missed a rule along the way. I have all the rules in front of me right here. Do you want to read some of them? Yeah, go ahead. Read the, what's the second one? Uh, politics isn't theater.
1: It's performance art, sometimes for its own sake. Ah,
0: ah, ah. Cool, we've been through that. What's the third one? Is the third one business? Is no, business? the third one is don't order fish at a steakhouse. Uh, uh. I like fish. Is that really a Roger Stone rule? Uh Maybe. Which one is business is business?
1: Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing. bing.
0: Where is that? That's the one I'm at. That's not on here. In the Reagan 80s, it's decided, let's start a lobbying firm. So Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, a dude named Black, and a dude named Kelly create a firm that is hugely successful. They epitomize that 80s excess, and they got Reagan elected, but this firm would charge people to access them. Maybe a lot of this stuff hasn't been unusual in politics over the years. But I think what Roger Stone brought to this and what people like Paul Manafort and Donald Trump bring to this is the blatancy. Like there's no real like coyness about it. It's just straight up greed for <laughs> sake of greed. Right. And and it's like, so what, if anything? is There's no heirs. It's just blatant corruption. And they will lie to you. They're, it's not like they're always being honest. They're going to lie to a voter base. They're going to go on to... Uh, info wars or what the fuck ever and talk a lot about one corrupt candidate but not about their own corrupt candidate oh god there's a lot of information here to unravel with this dude in 1988 the firm plus lee atwater join up With George H.W. Bush, the Cold War 80s and a lot of actions, especially by the Reagan administration, results in the propping up of oppressive regimes. Dictators are okay as long as they do what the U.S. is telling them.
1: Right. So Black Manafort and Stone start uh, lobbying on behalf of dictators. Mobutu, Congolese dictator. Yeah. Who? And Fernando Marcos, uh, the Filipino dictator. Uh,
0: Are you whispering? Yeah. What? No, I'm not. Stone says that he's proud of the money he made with these upstanding gentlemen during this time. And he sees morality as weak. Don't go moralizing him, Stuart. All right? Right. No, I wouldn't. This is no place for moral conviction. I got another Stone rule. The only thing worse than being wrong is being boring. Right, right. I've heard that one. In 1987, Roger Stone suggests that Trump join into politics. By 88... There's a buzz on Trump running. He gets momentum. Trump, we see interviews of him. He's all over this movie, touting the art of the deal, a book he didn't write. Stone squires Trump around the Republican National Convention. Trump was a pretty big deal in the 80s, as you can imagine. That's when everyone started to learn his name. So the idea that this like flashy businessman might get involved in politics was very intoxicating to the news media at the time. He's not running, but he's getting all the interviews and everyone's asking him all the questions. But we would find out later that when it comes to Trump, the media would be very good at taking him with a grain of salt and making sure not to oversaturate us with his shit. Really? Yeah, no, not at all. (laughs) We're at another rule, bruh. Get this. What's in public domain is fair game. Uh, Bruh. He's at, a, he's at his home in Florida, which he describes as a sunny place for shady people. Again, he's not always wrong. We see a tour of his home. We meet mothers, some dogs, his smoking area.
1: What's fascinating to me when you watch this movie is just how I think of any movie That's about what this subject matter is, which is what the hell happened in 2016 and why this is the movie that will answer a lot of those questions.
0: This is the answer to that question. That's why this movie is very fascinating. If you want some information, the blatancy, the lack of conviction uh, at all of the modern GOP and Mm -hmm. how values are a joke. And if you think that they are somehow at play in modern politics, then You're a fool. All yeah. All due respect, you're a fucking fool. You might think that your morality matters in here, but you're empowering people who have zero, and they don't care. I believe that Trump, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to actively suppress gay people, I believe. Like, he doesn't care that gay people exist. I don't even think he cares about abortions or anything like that. But but he'll throw a bone. He'll make the vice president— the most prolific anti-abortion politician in the country and a blatant homophobic politician. He'll put Jeff Sessions as attorney general, but his goal is to prop up, to throw these people this bone because he doesn't have enough conviction to prevent people who would suppress that from having their way because he needs these people to prop him up. No value. We're talking about reverse morality here. That the core
1: Donald Trump's beliefs are the same as Roger Stone's beliefs, and that there is no righteous government justice system or anything there is there isn't that none of the departments should work under the executive branch at all except yeah. unless you have the money to make it work
0: it's money it's money nothing else nothing it's not you your vote or your fucking job it's money.
1: It's not even really your moral beliefs either one
0: yeah I mean, <laughs> they, they come- don't matter. I mean, come on, people. You act like you, no one's ever walked up to a, po- a podium and promised you a job before. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. Now who, not I don't even know who I'm yelling at right now. <laughs> His wife, we meet his wife. She said she was terrified of him at first and thought that he was a Nazi Hitler youth. It's all kind of charming, right?
1: Somehow. Just, like just, I, these somehow. little anecdotes, it's all sonic Yeah, when he's I, kissing
0: his dog, it, it is charming.
1: It doesn't seem like it by the way we describe all these things, but Roger Stone is one charming motherfucker. His wife, did you catch when
0: his wife said that she was a Buddhist? No. no. Really? Yeah. Whatever the fuck that means. In uh, episodes with Johnny, we've, we often discuss how Western culture will just grab like Eastern, just pick Eastern culture out like they're at a supermarket and claim that they're this thing. And everything is just used to manipulate. They just pick,
1: just like they do with Christianity, because Christianity is just pick and choose what aspects you like. and Yeah. You know, my parents had a little Buddha in the bathroom. Did that make him Buddhist?
0: Maybe your dad wasn't Buddhist. Maybe
1: so. <laughs> in America.
0: <laughs> Stone... Was not excited to work with the Dole Kemp campaign, though. Because Dole, you remember how exciting Dole, Bob Dole was, right? Dole
1: was about as exciting as wallpaper.
0: That probably meant he was a decent politician because he's completely boring.
1: Right, he's probably <laughs> actually a good guy.
0: Tucker Carlson, we meet that winner in this movie. He's the That's another
1: one. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating to me. This guy, Tuck, Tucker Carlson, is like the new Bill O'Reilly, or he wants to be. Trying to and be. he just rants and raves every night. Here he is. Just totally relaxed. Everybody that's in this documentary is a talking head besides the uh, journalists for The New Yorker and the other left-leaning journalists Mm -hmm. who are alarmed and just kind of – and also in awe in their own way of Roger Stone. The other ones we get are the Republicans who just love Roger Stone and think he's just the most fascinating person as well.
0: Yeah. They have his stains on their faces. Right. (laughs) And Tucker Carlson comes off as just like –
1: a perfectly normal, charming guy.
0: Yeah. But he we does, know he's not. He does seem very normal in this movie. That's true. Like, oh, that kind All of struck of them me do as well.
1: Manafort, wild. Trump, Tucker Carlson, who are, you know, I don't know about you, but these are three Sith lords, in my view. Everyone here they are just like, yeah, Roger so,
0: Wow. That's because you really, because the subject of Roger, Roger Stone really boosts endorphins into their brain. It's like yeah. a cigarette and they become <laughs> relaxed. And Stone was a apparently revealed him and his wife placed ads in swinger bags. And the Clinton campaign, who are no slouches in getting that dirty, dirty up on people, uh, very easily, like, <laughs> tanked that dull camp campaign as propped up by Roger Stone. So he didn't win them all, but we will see him again. <laughs> We're into the next rule now. You know what the next rule is? Oh, yeah. What do you got? I always eat pizza
1: on Friday? Bing, 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 That's on here.
0: Do you have that one? deny deny denied, deny denied. oh yeah denied.
1: deny deny deny
0: from this point on roger stone is pretty much captain the shadows he's not going to be that carl rove type where he's standing around being like oh, i am the genius people want roger stone but they don't really want him to like be sticking his head up all the time <laughs> they like his machinations they don't like his press next rule stewart um reinvent yourself
1: Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, reinvent yourself, of course.
0: The 2000 election. Who can ever forget? Can you? That was my first election.
1: Yeah, everyone was voting for Nader and he almost won. Well, I remember.
0: No, <laughs> well, I don't
1: think so. All my friends were like, Nader, man, I'm voting for Nader. I, I voted,
0: voted for Nader. Look, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't vote. We were going to be honest. You right? didn't vote at the I time? I was very idealistic. Oh. I don't regret it.
1: Probably I might have voted for Nader. Actually, the prospect of voting was so terrifying to me at the age of, well, I would have been like 19 then. It was terrifying. I don't know saving. why. I think I was smoking way too much pot back then. Sure. It was paranoia of going to the polls and waiting in line. <laughs> it's too much for me. Can you imagine that?
0: I had a girlfriend at the time got very angry at me because I didn't vote for Gore. But we're in fucking Tennessee. We're not Florida. or right. Ohio.
1: We don't vote right here.
0: And honestly, I probably wouldn't vote for Nader today, but I did then. So there you go. You know, and he invented the seatbelt, so. Yeah, got to give him some credit. The 2000 election recount is going down, and Jim Baker, who I think is a big Republican at the time, I didn't catch everything, Since stoned down to the courthouse, and this thing, you know about the Brooks Brothers riot, Stuart?
1: Uh, Now I do. Suits?
0: I get, because they're like elitist yuppies. Oh, yeah. Who accuse everyone else of being elitist. Who are against them.
1: And now we know from this documentary that they are uh, elitists. No, they were all the cronies of Roger Stone.
0: Yes. Right?
1: His gang, apparently. He's got a gang.
0: Election commissioners are taking the votes. Right. Recounting the votes. Recounting the votes.
1: After the close, close numbers of uh, within a thousand or
0: something in Florida. And they have all these votes. They're going to go behind closed doors to count these votes. They're counting. They're trying to go behind the door, and Roger Stone or somebody, he takes the credit for this, who knows what truly went down, where he yells, don't let them get those votes behind that door. Now, you know how, when election commissioners, they need to count votes, how they do it in the middle of a crowd of people. (laughs) No, they fucking don't. They need to go into a room where it's quiet to count these votes. But the idea that they would go behind a room and quietly count votes was somehow burning the flag? I guess I don't know. And these conservative suit types literally start like rampaging in the courthouse,
1: right? And according to uh, the narrative that Roger is is giving us, that uh, that stopped the recount and that somehow swayed things
0: that were already swaying. Apparently, all those votes that they held in that moment just were not counted. They were tossed aside. That action apparently had tainted. Caused too much question upon those specific votes themselves and those election commissioners who were doing their fucking job. It's possible that it would have, the result would have been the same had they even counted those votes. So it was very tight.
1: Here, here's how the, if you might not remember, but it was the Supreme Court that decided that election.
0: That's true. Let's get the facts straight. But they purposely did not count those what? votes during the, Brooks, during the Brooks Brothers right. riot. They never got to count those votes. There
1: was a lot of. This was, we're talking about a huge thing. You're, we want to get into that. There's election. a lot of huge,
0: there's a lot of huge thing in this
1: movie. There's a lot of huge
0: things. Al Gore didn't narrowly get the popular vote. So I don't know what my ex-girlfriend is yelling at me about. Al Gore won the popular vote. Yeah, he's popular.
1: Get, let it go, Bobby's ex-girlfriend. Yeah,
0: let it go. Come on, Jill. Her name's not Jill, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you what her name is.
1: Her name is Jill... I know you're trying to forget. Like Jill Scott? Yeah. The singer? You love me. Shh, shut up. Okay. Sorry. In
0: 1992, we <laughs> meet a Ross Perot. He's got the Reform Party.
1: We meet a Ross Perot. Not the Ross Perot, but a Ross. Is it the Ross Perot? The Ross Perot. Is there any other? I thought it was a different, like one of the Ross Perots. Like they were twins, right? Weren't yeah. there twins like the Olsen twins?
0: I don't know. They were never in the same room together, if there were.
1: Right, that's the thing about the Perot twins. they were never in the same room together, which was always odd. and what was his uh what was the, Ross Perot's uh, vice president's name? The general what was his name Kemp General it, Kemp
0: is that it? Was it Jack Kemp?
1: Yeah, sure or Jack Vannay
0: I don't think it's Vanapy.
1: No, but what's that thing? Why am I here? Yeah, yeah. Whatever
0: <laughs> I think he thought he was being folksy and ended up just looking clueless.
1: Why am I here?
0: He, being, it's very dangerous being folksy. because People can just say you're dumb. Do not be folksy, people.
1: Folks, look, the only folksy you can be is when you say folks.
0: I saw a coffee mug at the Cracker Barrel gift shop. You know what it said? Ugh. It said, grandmothers know. are antique little girls. What? <laughs> <laughs> Chilling on the folksy, folks. It's not as folksy as you think it is.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we can. Yeah. What's stop being folksy?
0: Grandmothers. Ant- Cracker Barrel. They're just antique. Cracker Barrel girls. just
1: is folksy, though. Yeah. By its very nature.
0: I love Cracker Barrel, and I hope they sponsor us one day. Ross Perot and the Reform Party. They do pull a lot of GOP votes in that presidential race. And the Reform Party, they decide to run on the 2000 ticket. The Reform Party is credited for Bill Clinton winning. But Bill Clinton was just charismatic. You he can't help that shit.
1: Yeah, a saxophone. Get a saxophone, Roger Stone.
0: And he'd go maybe talk he could, to you.
1: Maybe go back in time and win 1992. Buchanan. Yeah, what's that? What happens next? Oh, it's Buchanan in 2000.
0: Yeah. He runs on Stone's encouragement. Buchanan's being used because... Is there anyone more unlikable than Pat Buchanan as far as politicians go? The guy is very anti-immigrant. Like he's the original fuck all the Mexicans kind of guy.
1: Buchanan is a less charismatic Trump.
0: Yes. Let's be honest. Totally. Buchanan is Love's Trump. Then suddenly Trump announces his Reform Party candidacy. Hey. Right. And Trump's just really his his whole time in this is just him running against Buchanan.
1: Right. And then we see that Roger Stone has switched his allegiance suddenly to Donald Trump.
0: And the Reform Party becomes discredited because the whole thing looks like a circus shit show. So Roger Stone, with the help of Donald Trump, bury Pat Buchanan, who's the head rep of the Reform Party. And there you go. That problem of the Reform Party taking votes away from George W. Bush, he solved that problem. It's Bush, right? Yeah, W.
1: George W. W. Bush and the Bush family.
0: Apparently, Roger Stone knew that Buchanan had an illegitimate kid. Since the Nixon days, Buchanan just drops out. The Reform Party has not recovered ever since. New rule, bro. What's that? Nothing is on the level. Nothing is. Someone describes Roger Stone. They talk about how weird looking he is. He's like a bodybuilding dandy. And Roger Stone, he's like... I'm now a libertarian. He declares himself officially not a neocon anymore, but a libertarian. He's pro-gay marriage, pro-marijuana. You can get down with that, can't you, Stuart? He goes to the gay pride parade. People are flipping him off. He's flipping them off back. He's in the gay pride parade. Don't they know who this guy is?
1: (laughs) Some of them seem to.
0: (laughs) Yes, some do seem to. (laughs) I remember when Dick Cheney wasn't vice president or ruler of America anymore. And then he goes, yeah, I support gay marriage. God, if only you were in a position to kind of do something about that.
1: Yeah, if only you had been in that position for eight years.
0: Don't fuck yourself. This guy wants to be uh, some pride marching hero now, but he's people that he's helped have specifically oppressed gay rights. And it's happening right now. He deserved every finger he got walking down that street. We meet a Harry Siegel from the Daily Beast. He admits that he avoids Roger Stone because he fears his charm. But a lot of that is why they write about him. At some point, Stone advises Al Sharpton in a Democratic primary bid. So if you want to know if Al Sharpton is corrupt or not, he once hired Roger Stone. Or at least a dupe. (laughs) Or a dupe, yes. Like how Pat Buchanan was a dupe. Oh, wow. Roger Stone's going to help me out. Oh, boy. (laughs) Stone and Trump, they would start the birther conspiracy where they question whether or not President Obama was a citizen of the country.
1: Which, of all of uh, Stone's master plans, this one didn't seem to do anything, (laughs) right? I don't know. I think it probably did a lot. Well, I mean, not against Obama. Maybe now.
0: Well, it didn't affect Obama directly, but it did affect Rational political discussion for the next 10 years. Another rule get this, brah. Think big, be big.
1: Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing.
0: 2015, Trump announces his bid for the presidency. Stone is made the general communications strategist. Trump is calling for shit like a Muslim shutdown. He calls it a Muslim shutdown. Right.
1: Until we figure out what the hell's going on. I think that's what the What he said, right?
0: Just like how Nixon milked the Southern racial resentment, Trump milks the anti immigration sentiment. Roger is the ultimate insider and knows how to prop up an outsider, quote unquote. That's someone who I didn't write down. (laughs) Trump says that Roger understands that I've always gotten great ratings. Trump apparently fired Stone from his campaign. On Real Time with Bill Maher, Stone said that he quit.
1: Right, because of the. Uh, tape. What
0: is it? The uh... I don't know if that was the Access Hollywood tape. At the yeah, time. it was Access Hollywood tape. I don't think that was a that was right then. That was right before the election. Oh, was it? Yeah, Trump said that Stone was drawing too much attention. Stone was like, "Well, talking to reporters is what I do." But apparently, Michael Caputo, who is a communications guy for Trump, he's interviewed in this movie, says that Corey Lewandowski, who worked for the Trump campaign, got Stone outed, and Lewandowski in Polish roughly translates to cocksucker according to Roger Stone. He does not like Corey Lewandowski. Stone says he supports Trump, but there are managerial differences. Roger Stone likes the likes the media, he likes the spotlight, and I'm sure Lewandowski pointed out that this guy is going to be a distraction from you, Mr. Trump.
1: Yeah. And we get the yeah, we get the idea that, you know, this isn't gonna stop Roger from supporting Donald and he's gonna do it now from the outside. Because he's the ultimate
0: outsider, too. Yeah, man. Spring in 2016, Trump goes on a lion Ted crusade and says that Christians like Trump. Okay, I got to be honest. This is the last time I probably laughed at anything Trump did. You got to admit, when he was making fun of Ted Cruz, that was some funny shit.
1: Well, we all made fun of Ted Cruz.
0: Yeah, we all made fun of Ted Cruz. And then Ted Cruz, who seemed like he had a spine for a minute, then, like, just rolled over for him in the end. <laughs> for one for one day, Ted Cruz had a spine when he was like, I can't support this guy. He insulted my wife. Yeah, you are a scuzzback piece of shit. But at least you're standing up for your wife. You get a little closer to election day. And the the guy's hand in Trump is spine like a sword. Ted Cruz is a royal stain of a human being. Lewandowski eventually gets sidelined. Well, he gets sidelined in the spring. He would move on to become uh, a pundit on CNN. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Up until the Trump campaign was done, until the election was done. He worked for CNN, pushing for Trump. But Stone was still advising Donald Trump at this time, even though he wasn't officially on the campaign. Roger Stone launches the Trump super PAC. And this is he launches the Trump super PAC while Trump is going all over the country talking about how we need to get this big money out of uh politics. And as he does that, there's a Roger Stone super PAC for him. New rule, bro. Hate a more powerful motivator than love.
1: <sighs> wow, yeah.
0: Ted Cruz cites Stone as a reason the Inquirer ran an infidelity article against him. Also, the person who owns the Inquirer is a close friend of Trump's.
1: Yeah, read the cover of the, the Inquirer when you walk by the register at the yeah, like yeah.
0: grocery store. According to places like the National Enquirer <laughs> and Fox News, Hillary Clinton won the presidency. Yeah, and Trump is just... A poor little victim. poor (laughs) victim. Stone is dealing with possible Manafort problems, and Lewandowski is allegedly fueling the infighting. Now, Manafort, we discuss how, in their firm, they would prop up dictatorships in the 80s. Well, Manafort never stopped. He went and he did campaigns for the Russia-friendly Ukrainian president, whose name escapes me at this moment. But Manafort was involved in the Russian annexation of Crimea. And the Ukraine losing that peninsula.
1: Yeah, Manafort is all wrapped up in Trump.
0: Trump is very connected, or Manafort and Trump probably are very connected to the Russians in this way. Apparently, like some legal documents as of this recording have been seized by from Trump's lawyers. This whole Russian thing is a slow burn, but it could explode someday. It takes a long time to do an investigation. Well, there's
1: multiple investigations into our <laughs> president.
0: Roger Stone understands white anger, someone says. They understand a little guy interests and know how to manipulate them. Hate is a stronger motivator than love. That's damn true. That's, a, that's
1: at the core of the Donald Trump campaign the presidency.
0: You would literally hear Trump say this specific anti-Clinton rhetoric that Roger Stone would write a week earlier. Eventually, Lewandowski gets ousted from the campaign, and Stone claims that he didn't give reporters information on Lewandowski. Stone is working to keep the RNC from taking away nominations from Trump, and he literally threatens to send Trump supporters to Republican delegate hotel rooms if this occurs. (laughs) That brings us to rule number nine. Actually, I think it might be 10 or 11. To win, bruh? You must do everything.
1: Clink, clink, hello.
0: That's true. We talked to Timothy Stanley from the Daily Telegraph, and he says that the GOP became a shell of itself, like the Reform Party, and because of that vulnerability, it took someone with a big ego and a big mouth easily took it over. Roger Stone says we are in the age of Stone. It's come back around. He was a little down in the 90s. Things didn't work out that great for him in the 90s. Then right around when the 21st century hits, Roger Stone's back, baby. Paul Manafort, who is being indicted and was refused bail today as of this recording in his um, investigations regarding uh, Russian influence on the Trump campaign. He points out that Trump and Stone see the world in a very similar way. And then guess what happens? Donald Trump gets the GOP nomination at the RNC. That's not that long ago. Dark days. CNN banned Stone for insults against reporters. He purposely says racist shit. Roger Stone becomes a common guest on InfoWars. InfoWars. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. This is... Gray State. We keep, yeah, from Gray State.
1: The Gray State guy.
0: (laughs) Alex Jones is the guy that accuses um, the parents of people who were murdered to be crisis actors. He says that chemical— Well, we don't have to go through his greatest hits. We We all know and love— Turn frogs gay.
1: That's the main thing I think everyone knows about Alex Jones, is that he doesn't want the chemicals to turn the frogs gay.
0: There are endless allegations and conspiracy theories, and they go into overdrive. And the thing is, CNN— The news network that's supposed to be handling this shit smartly is reporting on the fucked up conspiracy theories. They're talking about the conspiracy theories that InfoWars is talking about because their popularity is peaking during this campaign because their guy, Donald Trump, is ahead and has just clinched the Republican nomination. David Crowley from a gray state, when he was trying to sell these people something while he had his weird political opinions where we don't like, And that part where he murdered his wife and child and then killed himself. We can't agree with that either. But he understood how gullible this audience was when he got into trying to push out and raise money for this movie he wanted to make. Roger Stone understands that instinctively. He walked in understanding that. These guys, they're just hawking like dumb products and weird dietary supplements. Honestly, if you watch this shit, you might as well have a fist up your ass. You're not even, like, talking out of your own mind in your mouth. <laughs> in fact, I would recommend, here's my recommendation, don't watch 24-hour news networks of any kind. What? Really? Don't watch any.
1: What like, am I going to watch?
0: I don't know, the News Hour with Jim Lehrer or your local news, which isn't perfect, but it's How relevant. many
1: hours long is that?
0: That's like a 30 minutes.
1: That's not enough hours. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> I need more hours. Stone points out that if Trump loses, he will still win because this shit is at a fever pitch. Because Stone's a
1: motherfucking badass.
0: That should be one of his rules. That's not one of his rules, but it should be. The WikiLeaks shit breaks out. Stone claims to have... <laughs> we have
1: like a pull quote of him. his Him actually in front of him, like video and everything saying that he's talked to Julian Assange, the emails are coming out, I've talked to Julian, and then we have him on CNN saying, no, I never said that.
0: Yeah, he's on C-SPAN, because he <laughs> got kicked off of CNN, remember? He's on
1: C-SPAN, right? And they're like, I never, I never said that, no.
0: But he does say, say that he thinks Assange is a hero who fights the deep state. He wasn't a hero during the W administration, but he is uh, now. But Obama did clamp down on whistleblowers pretty hard. So
1: well, now he gonna protect the deep state?
0: Manafort is out of the campaign. Roger Stone and Roger Ailes are in, in, a, in an advisory position. Conway, what's her name? I can't remember. And Steve Bannon show up. The Hollywood Access tape is released. This, we, a
1: lot of this stuff I I didn't watch or see during the campaign, but it's just like painful, but also very prescient because I'm watching this stuff. I'm like, wow, this, this is this is where this this movie just shows you exactly how Roger Stone just. Serve Trump up. They were like a beautiful uh, choreographed swimming team, you know, just like perfectly in alignment.
0: That's what this movie does. It's like it's saying it's not a secret. This is how they did it. This is how years of it led to this. This movie straight up tells you, if you're a a Trump hater and you don't know why Trump got in, this movie will explain it to you. If you're a Trump lover and you watch this movie and you still are one— this movie's not about political conviction. It's about dirty, dirty shit.
1: If you love Trump and you watch this movie and you love this movie, that means you love money.
0: You you probably do. <laughs> Around this time, James Comey announces that new Clinton files have been found, remember, on Anthony Weiner's computer. Yeah. Have you seen that Weiner documentary? No. You haven't seen it? No. We got to watch it, dude. Okay. It's actually really good. And the polls tightened after that. Dude, you know, I don't know me. The election day is here. Clinton fans seem confident. Uh, Stone is parked at InfoWars. We all know what happens. Trump gets the electoral votes. Rachel Maddow's like, this is our life now. This, <laughs> is, this is America now. <laughs> and Roger Stone and fucking Alex Jones are clinking champagne glasses together at the big desk. That brings us to our final rule, bruh. Past his fucking prologue.
1: Bing, bing, bing. Bye.
0: We are now in the age of stone. Dirty tricks are now in vogue. It's a stone, 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 stone world, whether we like it or not. And we exit this film on a quote from Roger. I revel in your hatred, Stuart. (laughs) Because if I weren't effective, you wouldn't hate me. (sighs) I bet I don't hate you. You don't?
1: No, I get it.
0: You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not hating, I'm just disappointed. I am... It, it, what are you? What? I'm not hating. I'm just disappointed.
1: With me? No, with, sorry.
0: with America.
1: Oh, with America. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too.
0: We don't hate. We're just disappointed. <sighs> America. That's Stuart. We don't rate in a star rating scale. We'll leave those to, to the Roger Stones of the world.
1: Right. I mean, I'm sure Roger Stone's given everything lots of stars. Yeah. Or taking away stars. Yeah. Just to upset people.
0: Yeah, that Breitbart article, four stars. When that dude <laughs> ran over that woman in uh, Virginia, three and a half stars. <laughs> no. Confederate flags being are taken down, zero stars. That hurricane in Texas. One star. One star.
1: <laughs> that hurricane in Puerto Rico.
0: Five stars. <laughs> no. Hey, this is just Roger Stone's answers, not mine. Okay. No, we rate documentary films in... Our revolutionary herzog rating system. Right, revolutionary. You're gonna give it one through five herzogs? I'm gonna give it one through five herzogs combined for best out of ten herzogs. Stuart. Yes. Tell us what you thought of this movie. Get me Roger Stone by, let me name the three directors again, Dylan Bank, Daniel DeMauer, and Morgan Peamy. Peamy? Or Pee-Me. It's spelled P A P E H.
1: Emmy. Amy.
0: Amy. Right? Is that a pseudonym for someone who's working for Roger Stone? Probably, yeah.
1: <laughs> I do like, can i to just say a couple of thoughts I had about the movie before I get my rating.
0: That's the idea.
1: Constantly, whenever Roger Stone is, is walking in, in into, uh, you know, he's being followed by these guys everywhere he goes, and he'll run into, you know, some conservative, bleeding hard conservative type. Yeah. And he'll be like, who is this? What's with the camera? And he's like, oh, they're they're commies, liberal scum, Follow me around. Yeah, and then <laughs> a lot of them will be like, oh, you're commie scum, I hate you.
0: Everyone's just yucking it
1: but up. That's what's funny about this movie is that we get like a glimpse of the, we get a peek behind the curtain. We get to see like how they really think, and they're and they're unguarded because Roger's there, and Roger is our, uh, what do you call it? Our, you know, he's the Pied Piper. But he's also, you know, leading us to this (laughs) brink of destruction. But he's also disarming everyone he comes in contact with. Yeah. Because that's what he does.
0: You know, it's funny because someone on the Internet who calls you like a communist socialist scumbag or someone like we see a lot of people alt-right protesting in this movie. They'll like call you a communist socialist scumbag and they won't mean it with every bit of anger and vitriol inside their system. When Roger Stone calls you that... It's almost like a joke. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a gag. And it's almost very telling about how this way that electoral bases are attacking each other, to him, it's just like an anecdotal goof that he is able to just monetize. You can just see on his face that his ability to to manipulate is just so hilarious to him.
1: Yeah. We're all playing into Roger Stone's game right now. This documentary is essential, I think. Everyone should see this. However, the first time I watched it, I fell asleep, <laughs> and I had nightmares about Roger Stone and Trump. They're dancing around with like gumdrops. Bing, bing, bing boy.
0: Was he flashing his Nixon it was tattoo like, uh, right here?
1: It was like Teletubbies. Oh wow! But with like Trump and uh, so I mean, I have to. I, I mean, I have to blame that on the
0: movie, right? I just want to say that in my turn, in my brain, turning Trump into a Teletubby was very easy. <laughs> It just seemed to work very easily.
1: Yeah. Well, it gives me kind of an insight into this. We're being duped, and you need to see this movie. I think you need to see it.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And then maybe while you're watching the movie, you need to fall asleep about 20 minutes in and have the Teletubbies Trump dream that I had for you to really get this movie. So that being the the fact that you have to fall asleep, To watch it and watch it a second time. You make it
0: sound like a a spirit quest almost.
1: A lot of times documentaries are a spirit quest, as we've found in our uh, trials, our experiments, our, our tribulations.
0: Our journeys.
1: Our revelations.
0: Our revolutionary revelations. Our genesis and our revelations. Our revelations. Revelations.
1: Yes, we have learned that oftentimes to watch a documentary... You must see past the document to the art and the airy, the wind, the nature, the dream state. Enter the dream state when watching "Get Me Roger Stone." You might see something profound. However, this is all to say that a documentary that requires you to enter a fugue state for the average documentary watcher is maybe a bit of a get, a bit of a, a bit too much. Like they should probably put a warning on this. Must enter alternate. Enter deprivation tank before watching. Something like that. You need to downgrade the voting a little
0: bit. Uh, at least a Weird Dreams warning.
1: So Weird Dreams warning, at least. And for the lack of Weird Dreams warning and lack of Dave Grohl, not even a mention. I didn't. I was looking for maybe a Foo Fighters poster in the background or ProBot. And I thought I saw a ProBot poster, but it wasn't a ProBot poster. It was like a Nixon robot or something. It was a Chinese Nixon. It was a Chinese Nixon robot. I'm going to have to give this four Herzogs as much as I'd like to give it five Herzogs. I do think it's worth watching, even though there isn't a Dave Grohl mention.
0: There's only yeah. so many Dave Grohl documentaries out there, I've You know,
1: you can also say it's 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 a great it's great because there's not any kind of a spurlock moment. The only one spurlocking is our subject.
0: We're not even clear what director is kind of behind the camera. There's three of them.
1: That's what yeah, and that's probably another reason why I'm Downgrading one of their Herzogs, because I don't know, with three directors, who's who am I who am I rooting for?
0: Like one of these people could be a Roger Stone plant. There's
1: a lot we don't know. I'd like to know. So I, I'd recommend, yes, watch this movie for Herzogs, Interfugue State, Parallel World, Universe when when watching the film.
0: I did not fall asleep. I didn't have any weird dreams, but I was pretty engrossed into this movie. And it seemed for me to go by pretty quickly. A lot of people were upset when the Trump election went down, understandably. Uh, it seemed like maybe a lot of people were maybe a little, maybe it sheltered themselves a little too much during an Obama presidency to assume that something like this could ever happen. Actually, it can happen. This movie has been around just about that long since the Donald Trump presidency. I maybe was not ready to watch it then. Time has come later. What well, it seems like things are going really slow. It seems like time's like moving quickly again. When I sit and watch this, it's like, this is it. It's all laid out for you. What you're willing to see, what you're willing to understand about our political machinations and how they work and why these people are in power today. It's all laid out like a red carpet right for you in this movie. This is the most relevant movie we've done so far. And it might, in that way, be the most timely and important if we were talking about this 10 years from now, it would almost be like, a, gosh, can you remember when all this was going down? But we watch this when Manafort is making the news right now, being indicted by the federal government. You're, you're Lewandowski's and all this shit, and everyone's there's all these investigations going on. The Mueller investigations are going hot. And there are people that we see interviewed firsthand in this movie that are getting turned on. It might be going to prison, wealthy political elite prison, but prison nonetheless. So yeah, this movie is important. And we've reached a point where we need to really look hard and examine how these types of people got into power. I would say watching this film, Get Me Roger Stone, can be an important part of that. If you just want to see how we got kicked in the nuts. Some people may believe that we're not getting kicked in the nuts. Some people believe that lotion is being softly put on our nuts. I don't know what else to convince you. But watch Get Me, Roger Stone. Look,
1: we know they kicked us in the nuts. Yeah. But how well do they kick us in the nuts? You want to know.
0: Yeah, did they get like half thigh, half ball? Or did they get right on? Or did they They get kick in the taint. Or did they hit it in a way where it just kind of thumps it, which can be the most painful of all? They kick in the taint. They kicked in the taint. They kick in the taint. I give this movie 4.25 Herzogs. Ah. You take your Herzogs combined with my Herzogs, And we got an 8.25 out of 10 Herzog movie. Not perfect, but quite good and quite important. Documenteers. What's up, docs? I never said that, (laughs) did I? (laughs) Give us five stars in a review on iTunes. We Uh, get get a five stars. Yeah, give us five stars on iTunes. Recommend us to a friend. Subscribe. That's very important. Yeah. Subscribe to our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at documenteers.
1: If you go to uh, Instagram.com, the documenteers have taken over the whole website. So that's all you'll see when you go there.
0: Hopefully someday. If you want to praise us or complain to us or uh, want to make a documentary recommendation, I'd love to hear that. You can email us at documenteerspodcast at gmail.com. So email us if you love Trump and you want to like scream at me for 10 paragraphs about it. Send it on over. I'll yeah, read it. Send it to Zoom. Special thanks to A2, who did our original theme song. A2. Thank you, A2. Thank you, A2. And thank you, Stuart Vaughn, for joining me for this film.
1: Thank you, Bob Sham.
0: Give Me Roger Stone by Dylan Bank, Daniel DeMauer, and Morgan Paymey. 8.25 out of 10 Hertzogs.
1: Join us next time for Give Me Roger Stone, the sequel. Keep on docking.
0: Hello, Dawkins. In Bumper, Bob Sham here, just to let you know that, yes, we got something very wrong in this episode. We said that Jack Kemp was Ross Perot's vice presidential pick. We're getting our politicians all mixed up. That was actually General James Stockdale, the guy who was like, what am I doing here? Seemed funny at the time, but everyone just painted him as looking clueless. We are not perfect. Not verbatim. Anyway... Thanks for listening. Here's a bunch of uh Trump sound effects.
1: Bing bing bong bong bing bong <laughs> 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 Kaching ka ching ka ching ping ping. Uh <sighs> oh, oh. oh clink hello Nahoume. <laughs>